0: Welcome to another epic episode of Kazi's Audio Experience. This is the podcast where we're not only gonna sharpen our technical skills, but we will learn how to become profitable as filmmakers. And guys, it will mean the world to me if you leave a five-star review and subscribe to this channel for more awesome content. Let's get into it. What's going on, guys? This is Kazi and we're back with another live. This is super exciting because it's been a very long time since I did a live with interviewing somebody. So the interviews haven't happened in a very long time. So super pumped to be doing this and what better way to get back to this than interviewing the ultimate legend. I'm talking about Jason Morris. You guys have probably seen him on Instagram or his YouTube stuff. Like the dude is the epitome of a modern day filmmaker putting out so much content. And usually what happens is that people that put out tons and tons of content, they take a hit on quality. And that is something that you will not see with Jason. His quality is up there, top-notch content, and then putting out bangers left and right. So I'm super pumped and without any further ado, We're going to see if he is live, and let's bring him on. Let's check it out. I'm super, super pumped. How are you? Very well. It's early. (laughs) It's 5 a.m. What time is it over there? (laughs) Oh, jeez, dude. I'm so sorry, man. Like, you're just such a hustler. Like, I just told you 11 a.m., and you're like, all right, I'll be there. Oh, man. This is the time that I
1: usually get up to go to the gym, so I'm always awake
0: at this time. (laughs) Dude, it's crazy. So, are you Uh, in Melbourne, right? Okay, bro. Yeah, dude. So I I wanted to ask you like, first of all, we just booked our trip to Fiji. And you know, like how everything is flipped, like it's going to be in the 80s, you know, 80 degrees. And I was just like looking at it. I was telling my wife and she's like, it just makes sense. I'm like, maybe to you, I feel like I was just like a super lousy student, you know, like when, when we were learning all this. So like, I didn't get any of that. So now when I look at it, I'm like, huh, this is like really trippy, like the weather, you know, it's their summer, (laughs) it's our winter. (laughs) Fiji. Beautiful. You're it's, gonna love it. So let me ask you this, like, are Frick you it. a cricket um, fan?
1: I, I watch it, but I, I, I'm i not a fan as such. I'm an
0: English Premier League soccer fan. Okay, so you and me both, right? Like, I mean, I absolutely love English Premier League, but, you know, uh, nationality-wise, I'm Pakistani, so, like, we grew up watching cricket, and Australia was, like, the arch-nemesis, you know? Like, the, the team that you can't shake up. And it's like, it's not like they just get, like, a good year they're just good all year round all the time so it's like one of the most consistent teams and like so we had a lot of favorite cricketers from like australia so um but yeah soccer i mean i'm like i'm pretty much i feel like following up on all the different leagues leaves you with (laughs) like no time to do anything else in life (laughs) But especially cricket since it's a long (laughs) game it's a very long (laughs) <laughs> no so i mean I, i'm just so excited that they started doing like t- t20s t you know that's the only thing that i can watch like the 50 yeah. over games like forget All about test it. it's not happening <laughs> jesus i mean do they still do that that makes absolutely no sense our brother before like we confuse the hell out of everybody because somebody like who doesn't know anything about cricket is probably listening to us going like what are that what are they talking about I want to, I did a little brief intro to like what you do and who you are, but I want to just kind of give you the stage and just give us like a brief backstory and kind of take us through like right. kind of Jason Um. So
1: in the last sort of 12 years, I was a, a personal trainer, so a gym instructor. Um, I, I ran a couple of gyms in the last few years of my gym life and that sort of sent me crazy. <laughs> and i I picked up a camera one, one day and I was like, I want to I do photography. And I just started like photographing uh, fitness people and I, and I loved it. And uh, I started learning off YouTube and I had a couple of like uh, YouTube people that I'd like to follow. Jared Poland, he's a great photographer. Um, Kai Wong, which he was part of Digital Rev TV back in the day. And I just loved the entertainment. I was like, hey, I, I want to start doing YouTube. So, I started a YouTube channel. It was horrible at the start horrible <laughs> My, i 'm an introvert, so i 'm really bad in front of people and cameras, and I prefer to be by myself. <laughs> so it started off really bad, and I had to get used to it. But once I started liking photography, I started experimenting with video and this is only in the past, what is it, 2023? This is only the past five years. So I've only been doing video for maybe five, maybe six years max. Yeah. So I'm very new when it comes to video, but extremely, extremely passionate now. And uh, when, essentially when I started to get into video, I got into it really, really hard. So I decided to study. So I went to college. I went to college. I think that's similar, and then university was after. So I think, is college and university the same?
0: They're pretty much the same. Essentially I studied
1: a a, a diploma in film and then a bachelor in film. Then obviously once I was in film school, I was taking things seriously, but you know, being my age as well, I'm 30 or 36 this year, my God. (laughs) Trying to make friends with 18 year olds and that wasn't going very well at all. But the good thing about being a mature age student is that you tend to learn more because you're uh, much more grounded, you're more more mature and you just want to actually succeed rather than, Hey, you know, I think I want to do this. Whereas I was like, I want to do this.
0: But I want to party more and I want to hook up with girls more. Like, yeah, exactly. Everything
1: changes when you're older.
0: Um,
1: And and yeah, essentially when sort of film school ended, which was only late 2021, so December 2021, so it's only like just over a year now, uh, but I decided to take YouTube seriously, but also my video production seriously, but also Instagram seriously. So social media was like a, a massive thing for me because of YouTube as well and the reason why I have so many followers on Instagram is that time I think it was like November or December 2021 when I finished film school I was I heard reels were starting to become a little bit more popular so I was like all right I'm going to start doing twice a day every day so I did that for three months straight. I posted a reel twice a day for three months
0: straight. <laughs> From the outside, you know, looking at you, you jumped on that shit like you know you stole something. Like you were just running off with it, and I would just go up and I would just like what, like like that's when I just saw it and I'm like like dude, I gotta keep an eye on this guy. Like what what does he got going on? And it's like so much of the stuff is so creative, and I'm, like, looking at it, I'm, like, you know, how, like, I understand that, you know, there are certain trends that you're picking up, like, from TikTok or whatever, and then kind of just, like, making it your own, but the way you're doing it is, like, so true to you, then I feel like a lot of people do, that's one of the things, right, like, people get very frustrated, and they're, like, we're also making four reels a day, like, why isn't it banging, because they're just literally taking what somebody else did and regurgitating 100%, that exact thing, whereas, like, I'll watch you do something, and it could be as simple as like you know the 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 song goes like ding 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 like whatever four things, and like the text comes on. But you're making it so relatable and like bringing it into our world, and then all of a sudden it's just like oh let me share this. Like this is actually very cool. And you didn't let off like you ran with it so hard, but continue. Like I just wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, crazy. I think at
1: the end of the day, it came to resilience. It was just keep posting, keep posting. If it's uh, if it doesn't work, then who cares, try and find another idea and post again. Because at that time, Instagram was, you know, rewarding you for, for good videos that take off. And I was like, just gonna find that one video that keeps, you know, that will take off and, and get me subscribers, followers, sorry. And that was the, the concept is I would try and find, like you said, a, a trend in another uh, niche and then bring it to mine, like the filmmaking and just make it my own. And then it was at the time I was like, ah, this, this isn't working as fast. So I thought, uh, how do I think outside the box and make some trending ones myself? And I'd just find a particular song and think of ideas. <laughs> and yeah, here we are with over 200,000, which is cool. <laughs>
0: dude it's it's hella cool man it's crazy and it's it's not just like freaking you know fluff followers like i read the comments and i see how involved your community is and that's really get to like tell you like what you're creating here and I genuinely see this trend with you, like where you're very, very genuine and authentic with what you do. And even down to like your company name, like one of the things that I was going to ask you, but now it's going to be dumb to ask that question because you said your earlier career was that you were a personal trainer. I mean, jacked vision, you know, so like now it just makes all the sense because I'm like, I got to ask him, like, how did he come up with it? It's just like, you know, drinking night with the buddies one night and like, you're just like, hey, okay, we'll call it this. Like, that's going to be great. But I absolutely love it. And even like all your merch, I'm like, dude, I got to own this. Like, <laughs> well, this yeah, great. it's because I
1: started to be branded as like, oh, there's that, you know, big jacked camera guy. <laughs> so because, you know, camera guys aren't usually muscly as such.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. No. No, no, 100% not. Like, I mean, you get like the Roger Deakins that are tall, but like lanky. And then you get like more camera people like me. I'm 5'8". So it's like, you know, just like, you know, average like dude. And it's just like, we're running the cameras, And then we see you and I'm like, what the fuck? Like this, another Australian Chris Hemsworth like running the camera. That's crazy. I want to ask you, so like, kind of take us through because it's very interesting, right? Like I, I, at least my experience with my friends that are in our industry is that a lot of us are sort of like night owls. We kind of love like the the quiet, you know, time between the hours of like say 10 p.m. to like three or four a.m. And it's like it's all it's almost like putting your phone on do not disturb. Like you know, you can just go at it. Like whether you're editing or something like that. So I also at times find my genius. Like you know, my masterclass majority of uh, majority of it was done like where. I would just pull an all nighter, right? Like, I mean, and, and the entire masterclass, which is really crazy now when I think about it, was done in like seven weeks. And when I look at what I created, and now I think about creating something like that in seven weeks, I'm like, that's impossible. Like, I don't know what had happened to me, which is where like, you know, work hard, get obsessed, get possessed came from. Because I'm like, I was actually possessed. Like something happened because now I'm out of it, out of that spell and I look at it and I'm like, how the hell did it happen? But it was just like literally a complete disconnect from the web and focus on this one thing and just kind of started living in my room like literally sleeping here you know and just like doing my whole thing right like I was just kind of in that box and it, it helped me do that so I think I'm interested to kind of see like the the life in a day of like Jason Morris like what does it look like from you know waking up 10 a.m like the end to 3 a.m the that's that's sleep
1: time for me you're crazy <laughs>
0: So take me through yours and and help, help like others that are probably finding their, because again, you know, it's like, you got to find what works for you. So it's like, you know, I personally enjoy being up and kind of not beating the sun kind of guy, but I love waking up at say 6.45 and I'm just like, I got a head start. Like I'm, I'm in a good place where I'm not playing catch up because like, that's my normal routine when the routine is dialed in and anytime I'm getting up like late, I'm just like, I want to puke. I'm just like, dude, I'm playing catch up. Like, I don't know. I feel weird. Like I'm behind the ball. Like I'm checking my emails and people sent me emails three hours ago and it's just a, not a good look. Like I'm not loving it. So that's why I'm saying. Like, I want to kind of hear, like, take us through like your so, day. What does um, 5am
1: like? right now <laughs> is usually when I'd wake up and go straight to the gym. So gym is always like the first thing that I do because, once I sort of get into the gym, get a good workout in, I feel so much better. Like it sets my day sort of forward, and it's like, okay, now I can start my day. So I'll usually get home at about maybe seven thirty, eight a.m. And uh, obviously, my studio is in just a a, a a room in my in my house. So as soon as I get home, breakfast, and straight back into the studio. So it's like. 8 to 8.30 a.m. is when I'd technically start work but the thing with like YouTube and Instagram because it's like 50% of my income I treat it as uh work so I will start working start planning videos recording videos all those kind of things right from 8 a.m. so I'll treat it as a business obviously you got to start your, your daily plans and go through everything that you need to go through that day from that moment so I, I As long as I treat it as like a, an actual business, it sort of gets my mindset into, okay, these things have to be done, so let's get them done. And unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but I do have a little three-year-old girl, but uh, my day is always cut short because I have to pick her up from school or I have to pick her up from my mother's house. So it's like, you know, my day ends at 3.30 or 4 p.m. So it's like, yeah, I have to get. As much done as possible between whatever time I wake up and 4pm, and that's pretty much my day.
0: And then after that, it's like looking
1: after her because my wife's a paramedic. She gets home at about 7:30 8pm, so I have to look after our daughter until then. And then by the time it's 8pm, it's like no, <laughs> there's no 10pm 10, 10 to 3am. You're me. done. <laughs>
0: And that's another, so let's lead into the next question, which is like, I want to ask you, like, you know, again, seeing it from the outside, and I I get that question a lot too, like where people are just like, man, you're just going, 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 like it's always work, work, work. Like, do you ever like take time off to do your own thing? And I want to ask you, like, do you believe in like, you know, work-life balance thing? And if you do, how do you usually go about it?
1: See, in terms of work-life balance, that's where I leave that 4pm till whenever after as family time. So I kind of work it in every day, which I'm very blessed for to have, you know, the jobs that we have. So I'm not like, you know, someone who work away from home 12 hours a day or works, you know, away for a couple of weeks at a time. I can actually see my daughter grow up, which is amazing our industry yeah it's it's priceless it's literally priceless but when it comes to like uh, other family time (laughs) i work this in with youtube work so if i want to catch a sunset um and i need to film some stuff i'm just like hey wife come let's let's go (laughs) let's go enjoy a sunset while i'm filming (laughs) so it's you know it, it sort of uh
0: catches the best of both worlds which is awesome That's amazing, dude. So, I mean, you know, there are certain questions that I have here that I feel like you already answered. Like one of them is like, you know, are you a planner or or, or a winger? Like, you know, I, I try to, I'm more, I thrive more and best, my best content comes out when I'm building the plane while flying it. So that's just has worked for me. I used to think that that was like one of my Achilles heels and I had to work on it to fix it. But I realized that, you know, some of my biggest successes came out of it. So. It's not necessarily I'm procrastinating until that time. It's just like the adrenaline, the dopamine, the the hits that I get in that moment, it's like my genius comes out. I stop fighting it and I'm okay with being that guy. My older brother is the opposite. I mean, that fucker got, you know, stuff planned like two years in advance and that's how his brain works. And if you throw him like, you know, in the moment, he just like freezes, you know? Whereas like you throw me in the moment and I'm like, let's fucking go. Like you send me to CES, like if I get a call and they were like, Hey, you're doing like a presentation tomorrow. And I'm like, let's go. I'm there. Like, you know, like, like we'll figure it out. Like, let's go. You know? And like, whereas people are just going to be like, no, I need time. I need to prep it, whatever. So I feel like there's different types, but I also envy, you know, somebody like yourself that is like has that sort of routine down and then you guys can plan things ahead. So then it's not, a question of like will i be able to put out two reels a day it's just like this is going to happen like i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do it for a very long stint and like Filippo, another guy i don't know if you follow him like you know seniority like you know a good friend and he's a very similar dude like where he just like has the stuff like in batches like plans it out like in advance you know so i I personally feel like it's so i mean you know i don't want to put words in your mouth but Am I kind of getting it right that you like to like plan things 50, and then attack them accordingly? <laughs> yeah, I'll okay. I'll plan most okay. of my stuff so I'm a
1: an avid writer. I like to write out my day. So I'll get into the studio straight after the gym and write out my tasks that I need to do. And um that's pretty much how I attack my day, but when it comes to like yeah, trying to figure out Instagram things, it's literally research that day, try and find as much as I can in, say, half an hour, and then create it.
0: So, yeah, it's it's a bit of 50 Good planning, but it's a bit of... Uh, Yeah, yeah. No, dude, I love it. I want to ask you, like, in terms of different occupations, right? Like filmmaking, uh, creative direction, um, and then finally, like, editing or color grading. Out of all those things, like, what is that one thing that just kind of gets you more excited than it has to be
1: filming has to be yeah always yeah every time I'm behind the camera that's like my favorite moment when it comes to you know pre-production or post-production it's it's hell
0: (laughs) okay okay no no no. it it, it makes sense that's awesome yeah And, and, and it shows through right like in your work I feel like you're just alive when you're running with the camera and you're gunning the camera like and it's great like, you know, it comes through, like, for me, when I went to college, uh, I did a similar thing, because you said, like, you did a filmmaking program, which I'm assuming that they kind of teach you everything. And for me, it was like digital filmmaking. Um, But I mean, then our concentration, mine was like cinematography minor and editing. So like, what really happened is that, you know, I, over time learned that I'm like, man, I just love anything with light, right? Like, I mean, I just love creating it. It's like, It's just such a secret between the four people in the room that people don't know that we actually have a light here. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, if I just turn this off right now, like, you know, there's a light that's coming through that I have on, but people don't know it. They just think it's a window light, but you know, it's like a little secret, like our little secret and I'm adding those little things or a bounce or whatever. And I always loved it, that aspect of it. So for me, pre-production and like shot list and and coming up with like, you know, back then we didn't have shotdeck.com, but we just would like literally go on YouTube and take screenshots of like frames from a trailer and we'll go like, oh my God, like this angle, can't shot, like that's gonna be great for this moment. And then try to bring that in. Um, and like, it's crazy how much things have changed and how insane and shortened the learning curve is now with what people are doing. Like even like your journey is, is like so out there. Like you're saying like, hey, I, I was this you're not even remotely close to like the filmmaking field. And like when I see where you're at today, it's like nobody can say that you wanted to do or you did anything else besides what you do today. And it's because like nowadays when we lock our minds to do something, we don't have to find the closest library and hope that they have that certain book available that we need. We just go on Google and boom, right? Like, and it just like make things happen. It's kind of crazy the time that we live in. And that's why I just feel like I also feel bad for people that like are kind of stuck and don't know what to do because I feel like too many choices could be the biggest blessing. But it's also the ultimate curse because when you're kind of just stuck like these are your choices, Um, I think that's like, you know, kind of helpful because you're playing within those rules, set of rules, instead of just going, well, I don't know. I also want to be an editor. I also want to be a colorist. So like, I love like even just hearing from you, like you're just like, no, 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 no. Like cinematography is my thing. Yeah. Like that's what. Yeah, I yeah, come Yeah, that's alive. the thing with
1: film school. Like you said, it's, uh, we learn everything, editing, coloring, uh, pre-production with like being a first AD director every one of those roles we learned exactly what they do and uh like you said there's so many choices and a lot of people at film school didn't become a cinematographer they wanted to do you know story writing or they wanted to be a director or producer which is interesting but it's uh i think that is the probably the good thing about our field is that there's so many choices but then obviously that also is a curse is that there's so many choices
0: (laughs) There's so many choices and it's like, you know, uh, people have probably heard my story before where I said like when I was coming up in 2010, 2011, 2012, like around that time, what was really hot is like, you know, jack of all trade was like a cool thing. Like you can do multiple things, but nobody took you seriously. If you went in and you said, I'm a predator, I can shoot, I can edit, I can do all these things. They were like, okay, then we'll pay you $500 a day straight and you do it all. And that's a pretty solid rate. That's a really good, like 500 USD, like you do it all. Whereas like, then when I started, like I had a mentor that pretty much like just said, hey, if you want to take a leap of faith, I'm going to guide you, but you have to like, listen to me. And I'm like, dude, just take over my life. Like, tell me what to do. And then he was the one who said from the outside with my experience eyes, he was a really big like group creative director at at a huge company. So he's like, what I see in you is that you're an editor more than you are a cinematographer. Like, especially when we look at your portfolio and the work, the body of work that you have, you can get really big, big jobs as an editor than a, than a cinematographer. So ditch cinematography from your website altogether. It shattered me. Like, just like ripping all those projects from my website and then just just going as like, I'm an editor, period, you know? And then boom, like it just like my, my freelance career took off and i'm getting paid like really good money like you know the the like the senior editor rates and i was like holy shit working on commercials and it was amazing and then that's where i had the time to kind of go into color grading and start experimenting with it and then same guy 3 years later is like okay now it's time to ditch editing and like you're a colorist like and and that took me a while i fought him back and i'm like no 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 like dude like I've matured. I know my shit. I think I want to do both and I can still make a killing until I realize, like color grading was a whole another animal. Like you can tack on, like literally you can get paid a three to four day rate in one day as a colorist than as an editor. So I'm like, I can literally make four times more like that. And people don't even question it because this field is like so new. People don't even know. They don't even want to touch it. They're intimidated by it. So they're just like, yo, dude, do your thing. How you do it, we don't care. Make it look like this, or just make it look good. You do your thing. And then I get paid what I get paid. And I'm like, holy fuck, what just happened? Like this is insane. So that was like, I just felt like, you know, back in the day, like, and and even now I do feel like finding your niche is a good thing. But I also agree with you that it was a true blessing that the education you and I, like, you know, got like where we kind of learned everything. What it does to you is that it kind of covers all your bases. And even if eventually you form a company, which is my next question to you, but like once you form a company, like you know what to ask of other people, you become a better delegator and nobody can like punk you. Like nobody can play you on anything because you go, no, I've edited too. Like it doesn't take that long. You're saying it's gonna take three days. It should be done in one day, you know? So like you can like, you can have like the perfect bullshit radar. So my next question is like, you know, so far, where you're at right now, do you have a team or are you basically just running it you know, Unfortunately,
1: yourself? I'm solo, um, but when I am on film sets is when I do hire freelancers. So, you know, gaffer is the main thing that I, I usually hire because lighting is crazy, crazy important. But yeah, cause I only right. work on smaller Kickstarter commercials. So they're not, you know, massive TV sort of style commercials. I can handle most of the jobs by myself, but obviously, you know that you can't always do everything <laughs> because it does become a little bit overwhelming. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, pr- I pretty much just get freelancers in. That's pretty much me. Yeah,
0: it's so hard, bro. Like my little brother is like, uh, uh, he comes from like a crazy business mindset, so everything gets relegated. Like everything gets like delegated. He's just basically got a person who's like booking his flights and like everything. And it's not because he's a billionaire. It's just like, he's smart enough to like go on some website and find somebody from some country where they can book his, you know, flights for like 15 bucks. So he's like, dude, saving that one hour to do the research, I can spend it into my business and make X, you know, like, so he's like, it's not worth it. His brain works like that. And I'm like, dude, but like, how do you, how can you trust someone like that? Like, I'm just such a, I, I got such a problem. Like, hiring someone because I'm always like telling my brother and my wife and everybody, I'm like, I don't know if they can edit like me, but it's like such a stupid mindset because it's like, there's so many better editors than me. I know for a fact, it's just that it's like the 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 learning curve, like where you have to take the time to teach them, to bring bring them up to speed to like what you want. I feel like where I'm at in my business, I don't have the luxury to do that. I don't have like three, four months worth of like runway to be like, oh no no no! it's okay like i can take that time and like create this little team and then they can take over the story writing you know and and, like the editing and all those things i'm like shit like i just i'm gonna do it myself so i'm kind of like in your boat i i've gotten better to like have like some people like that are running my ads like i have a team like that runs my facebook ads or like you know all my back-end stuff like the customer service stuff is being handled and i felt like That took me a couple of years to like get to that point. I just wanted to be like, no, 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 I want to learn it because nobody can do it like me. And then when I started seeing my advertising team and the numbers that they're turning in, like it's like just mind explosions every day. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know anything close to what you guys are doing. Like, I don't even understand half the things that you guys are saying. So I'm like, keep doing your thing. And then I'm still the creative lead. Like I'm still bringing them new content and like, what's hot, they don't, they're not in my domain. So don't, they don't know what people want in color grading. So that's me. That's where my expertise come in. But then when I bring that in, I'm like, now which demo should we promote this to or advertise to? All that is you guys. You guys have already figured out the sauce, like go take you, it. So, you know, there's like, you need someone this whole thing. who has
1: done your course <laughs> and then you just hire them.
0: <laughs> Dude, that has happened. That has happened. So basically like, all of my my Kazi and co, my actual company. So like I get so many inquiries like, you know, uh, through my email and social media platforms, like, hey, work on this gig. Like, can you do this for us? And anything that's below the rate that I want to take, I pass it down the line. So basically I have, we do like an FCM challenge in our, in our FCM course and like the, the 10 champions, like the best of the best, the creme de la creme from that group, is like basically my force. So like a lot of these gigs that come in that I don't wanna take, I pass it down the line. And then that way, even the people that are in my course are getting an additional benefit that I'm not even necessarily promoting my class on, that you guys have job opportunities directly from me. But a lot of the gigs, like if it's coming from India or something, and you know, the the money power is not there, the currency is so different, you know, that they just don't wanna pay USD, like, you know, and my day rate, So then I'm just gonna go, you know what? I don't wanna like turn down this client because the work is really good. So then I'll pass it down the line and I'll give it to one of my FCM members and then they kill it. So, you know, so we got that thing going on on the back end. and you're absolutely right because ultimately like, you know, the world is filled with opportunities but so many times there are things in front of us but we don't see it and we just like look past it especially as creatives, it's hard to keep your business mind turned on at all times. I've got a question
1: for you. When did you get into DaVinci Resolve?
0: 2010? Yeah. So like around 2010, when, when DaVinci Resolve was called like DaVinci Resolve 8 or something. And it was like ridiculous, bro. Like it was like the most intimidating thing to get inside, just even opening it up was like rocket science. It was like really crazy. Um, but I started around that time, there was another tool called like Final Cut Color, which was amazing. Or, or Apple Color, I'm sorry, Apple Color, which was even better. I was more comfortable with that. So I would use that over DaVinci. And then there was a tool called Scratch, uh, Assimilate Scratch. And that was insane because that was the only tool back in the day that used software optimization to run like your red footage in real time. It was like out of control. Back in the day when DaVinci didn't know what to do with like red footage like RAW, like a simulate, um scratch, you would just hit play and boom, it would just give you like a real-time playback. And I was like, holy hell. And it's like, it's such a cool tool. Like at the time, it was like a mind-blowing thing. They're trying to bring it back um, and, and I want to see what they do with it because it's like, you know, they were so ahead of their time. So I feel like they always want that edge. So maybe they'll do something with AI and create some crazy tool because AI is becoming such a massive thing right now. And I feel like all our tools are still so archaic. Um, Whether you talk about Premiere Pro, whether you talk about DaVinci Resolve, something like that, these tools are so archaic the way they edit and do everything. And I feel like it's just because they're serving to the Hollywood and majority of the Hollywood, they're set in their ways and they don't want things to change too fast, you know? Whereas like my little brother told me about this tool called Descript. It changed my entire life. Like this tool is basically, basically ran by AI so the way it edits your videos like if it takes you like five hours to edit a video in Descript you can edit a video in like 30 minutes it's like a mind-boggling tool how it edits and it doesn't edit your videos based on the timeline although it gives you a timeline but it literally takes your entire video and within five minutes or under five minutes it transcripts creates a transcript and then you can just go in grab the words highlight them, move them around, and it's actually moving the entire edit around. And you're editing based on the script that you're seeing. So you're saying, oh, all the ums and ahs, you just hit one button and you say, remove all the filler words. So like I'm saying, like, you know, and those sort of like filler words. It'll just go in and take out 455, like filler words from your video. And all of a sudden your video, just like you just saved like X amount of time there. So it does a lot of things like that, that I'm just like, holy fuck, like, why doesn't Da Vinci has that? Like, why doesn't Premiere Pro doing that? Like, why are they so behind that ball, you know, where we're at? And no shit that new content creators that have never even heard of like filmmaking are putting out bangers because they don't know any better. They Google search and then the script comes up or these tools come up and then they start using it. And they're like doing stuff that even you and I are, will probably look at it and go, how the hell is that happening? We're old.
1: crazy. <laughs> we don't know this new technology. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i know dude like i'm such a grandpa bro like i look at you i envy you so hard because i'm like man i was telling my wife yesterday and uh, she was like you know because she prepares my emails and things like that and she was like tell me a little bit more about jason and we were on your page and going through and i'm like you know this guy i'm like the amazing thing about him is that he does that one thing that i'm like my where my age shows through i'm like you know he will take like trending stuff and jump on it and not feel anything about it and i'm like I cannot get over that weird, cringy feeling of just like, I don't want to jump on every single bandwagon. Like, I hate that. Like, I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to fight it. And even if you look at my content and my whole thing, there's a lot of like creations, not a lot of like, like you know, following the trends, which I should have done. But even like when I started doing, like the time lapse of like the 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 grading thing that was like very new. If you go to my first video and look at it, and it's sort of like it started the trend for colorists to do like just a time lapse of grading sort of thing. So there were like a lot of those moments that happened back in the day because my brain just rejects so hard. I'm like a grandpa at heart, where like where I'm just like, no, I don't want to follow this. Like I don't want to do this or anytime like somebody's like everybody puts out a first video about like resolve 18.1 mind-blowing like emojis and I'm just like motherfucker you, you never even use resolve and now you're just gonna put out a video because resolve 18.1 just came out yesterday and you want to get those views you know but I mean I shouldn't look at it I feel like that's a shitty way to look at it I should jump on it too but yeah, you know, right <laughs> 1,000% bro so on TikTok we have like 62,000 or 64,000 or something uh followers and it is 1,000% my wife. I never uploaded a single video on TikTok. She just takes my content and then recreates it. Like, you know, Gary V mindset, right? Like I'm mean, gonna repurpose the content and then she uploads it. And we're at like 64,000 followers. I never uploaded a single video. I mean, I go there and I comment, but I've never, I just look at the followers and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, cool. No, we like, got <laughs> 64,000 there.
1: It's one space I haven't
0: touched yet. <laughs> it blows my mind. It blows my mind because all your reels that you have on Instagram, if you just go to your oldest reel and start uploading it, you're going to blow the F up. Like that content, I actually personally thought that you were a massive TikToker because the type of content you have, you're like a 1.8 million follower TikToker. I'm not even kidding. If you just take your first video, don't even get creative with it. Same caption, same everything, start uploading once or twice a day like all your old content. You're going to be blown You know what? 2023, here we come. Okay, let's move on to that. Like that's that's one of my questions for you. Is there any change of strategy or something for 2023? Do you have like certain goals that you want to
1: hit? I want to hit that 100,000 on YouTube. I want that silver play button that everyone's got.
0: (laughs) I haven't gotten it. Like, I mean, we were moving houses and they said like, oh, they're going to send it to this location. And then I changed my address and they were like, Oh, so you just moved? You need like a couple of weeks, like for the approval, and like send us some verification or something. And then I never got an email from them. And then I reached out to them, and it just became like a weird, like limbo. And I never got it. Like right now, I'm at three hundred thirty or something, and I never got my button. (laughs) That's like a big milestone to.
1: to That's a massive milestone. One million you need to get to to get another one.
0: Now, so now that's my goal. That's gonna take a few years. Damn.
1: it, it was, crazy. But it, yes. Was it a hard sort of um, growth for you when it came to YouTube and trying to grow up to 300,000?
0: I think you can call me like, I'm like one of those lucky ones. Like, you know, from uh, my little brother kind of put me on YouTube game and then he would always be just like rolling his eyes so freaking hard because he would be like, what the fuck? Like my first video ever that I put out was sitting at like 5,000 views in three days or something and that was my first video and it kind of just like took off from there and he was just like oh my god he's like you know my first 100 videos only had like double digits like you know views and he's like you never struggled he's like you know now this happened like you will never know what it takes to build this platform and it's just kind of crazy from there because i got such a kick that people like what i had to say that it kind of got me started on this. Like it just gave me so much juice and I'm like, yo, I'm not stopping, I'm going. And then it was just like left and right, left and right, left and right. And I'm not crazy, I can do more. I just looked at your YouTube and in the last month you uploaded seven to eight videos and that is healthy. That is amazing. What I've learned is that too much is too much. Like YouTube is not like Instagram. Like if you're going to start posting four or five videos a week, uh, weird thing is going to happen. your audience is gonna turn off the, the the notification, the bell notification, because it just becomes one of those like, okay, too much. Like, what can he be posting that is so valuable? It just can't be, he's just posting too much. So they turn that off. And then the second thing that happens is that in, like YouTube itself kind of just goes, like, is it quality quantity? They get pretty tight with their algorithms. Whereas when I post one to two videos a week, That is a very, very healthy, like when I was hitting, like the, my highest month was like 18,000 subscribers in one month and, or 18, a little over 18,000 subscribers in one month. And that was just like one to two videos a month. I think I uploaded six videos that month. And uh, it was just like, basically what you, what you do as well, where it's like, you find, I was, I was kind of seeing the pattern on your page and it's like a lot of your thumbnails that started with don't, they blow up. And, and that's how it usually works. It's like whatever that thing is that you have to find. Like for me, it was common mistakes. You know, it was like common mistakes people make creating teal and orange look. It's like, hey, am I making those mistakes? Like it doesn't matter. You could be an intermediate colorist. All of a sudden you're just like, yo, what is he talking about? Whereas if you go five tips to grade better and if I'm a pro colorist, I'm going, dude, I don't need to see your five tips. I know how to grade better. Like I can grade better. But if you tell me everybody's making these five mistakes or majority of the people are making these five mistakes, I'm like, <laughs> what are the fucking mistakes? Let me go and like look this up and figure out like, what are the mistakes, you know? So I, I saw that pattern that with don't on your page and I want to watch those videos. So like after we're done here, I'll probably check those out. So that's the, I think that's one of the things that I unlocked over time with YouTube that a lot of like the, the kind of starting with like don't and sort of like those jarring statements let people like pull them in. And it's like, you know, MKBHD put out a video like, why, what's going on with iPhone 14? Or or why is iPhone 14 camera going backwards or something like that? It was like a statement where it was like sort of shocking because he always praises the iPhone cameras. And then he's just yeah, like, why are they sucking? And I'm like, I thought that too. I thought that too. Let's watch this video, he's, figure it out. And then give the he gives you the whole thing me. and you're like, both, you know, <laughs> right? Like, that's what I'm saying, right? So like, I mean, look at this. Like, I mean, i bought, I bought a, a Google Pixel 7, 7 Pro just for photos. So like now I have, like I'm that stupid guy who walks everywhere with two phones and this phone is just for photos. So anytime my wife and I are taking a selfie, we pull out this guy because the other guy sucks ass. Like iPhone, iPhone just sucks, bro, when it comes to photos.
1: <laughs> but it, it is true with that whole statement at the start. Um, Mr. Beast uh, was on an interview one time and he's like, you can have the best content in the world, but if no one clicks on that video, it's not gonna be seen. So you do need to have not a clickbaity title, but a title that actually draws people in, but then also obviously delivers on that promise as well.
0: Bro, that is like so hard to like master. It takes a while, but you gotta keep playing with it. And then what happens is that YouTube is like, you know, nurturing a kid, right? Like, and, and kind of raising a kid. It's like your algorithm is like that child that you raised, however it's trained. So like if I were to now do Mr. Beast type videos, I'm going to get seven views because I have trained my channel to be a certain way. So I've tried a lot of like different techniques, but I'm not saying Mr. Beast is, Beast is wrong. I mean, the dude might as well have invented like YouTube. I mean, he, he has cracked every single code, so he knows what he's doing. But I'm saying it's like, you know, there was a time when I pulled out like doing the the five to seven seconds of color breakdowns in the beginning of my video. And I'm just like, oh yeah, that's taking so much time. And it's like, I should just start with like, in this video, we're gonna be doing da 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 da. And I did that and those videos tanked hard because my work is all about what I'm gonna teach you, what something is gonna look like. So you don't give a shit about hearing my words. You wanna see the actual sauce. So when I start with like wiping and like showing you, so in the five seconds, Without me saying anything, you have just seen what you're going to get from this video. So if this is for you, you're hooked. If this is not for you, you're out, you know? So that's one of those things. So like whatever it is for you, you kind of have to find that and go with it. But I feel like you already got some things that I picked out on. And it's just like reading those patterns and then just maximizing it and keep beating it, keep beating it until you just can't beat it anymore. It's like, okay, it doesn't work. Anymore yep. like now I gotta switch. Yep. That's, I gotta uh, that's a tough game, right? <laughs> that is a tough game. So that's a good goal. Like getting to hundred K is gonna be super massive. I still remember hitting my ten K on Instagram and it was like such a monumental moment that I wanted somebody to like pinch me and it's because it's not the 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 vanity of it or anything like that that oh look at me, I got ten thousand followers. It was ten thousand people that gave a shit about what I had to say and that was massive. That was like a big deal and it was like a, such a big occasion. We, we did a date night and we're like there and like ha- drinking and it's like when we hit 10K, we told the bartender and she's in on it and we're doing live with my brother. We went live, like it was a whole thing, you know? And I feel like now, like I've hit so many milestones over time that like at times I just become desensitized to the, to the euphoria of like what that was once. Like does, is that something thing that happens to you? And if it does, like, how do you,
1: uh, how do you counter- yeah, When it comes to Instagram, like, I hit, what, 200,000 a few months ago now. And it's just like, yay. <laughs> Whereas, you know, 50,000, I was like, oh, yes, 50,000. It's amazing. I'm so close to 100,000 now. <laughs> but you know, when it comes to to YouTube, because it's still I'm still building, it's like all those milestones. Yeah, I still feel that that hits that rush of uh, hitting a milestone, but I feel, I fear it's gonna be the same as as you when I get up to, you know, (laughs) 330,000.
0: I just like to keep myself grounded. Like one of the things my wife and I do is like, no matter what we get, what stage we get at, we always remember like, you know, when it was impossible to go to Chipotle and like even have like lunch there twice a day, you know, type of thing. And it's like, we always just, you know, talk about those moments. Anytime something big happens to like, just stay grounded because there's just so much beauty in like, not let these things like not become, you know, numb to it. Because I feel like when you become numb to that, then you don't desire anything. And again, it's not about the novelty of it. Like, it's never about like, Oh, X number to like my name, like I I have this many followers or whatever. But it's like, That's the impact that we're creating too. And you do a similar thing, like you're teaching people how to do this and you're sharing your tools and techniques that you've learned over time. And literally in your case, majority of your stuff is like, you're giving it for free. At least I have a course like where if somebody wants to deep dive and also wants to like, you know, kind of give back to me and if they want to appreciate me, they can go purchase my class and that's their way of giving back to me. So, I mean, it's like, we're doing a lot for that. And I just feel like, I I want to stay hungry to keep doing that and not stop at any cost, like not get too comfortable or just like kick back and just be like, man, I'm playing video games all day long because like, there's so much passive stuff coming in. Like, <laughs> I would I'm love good. to play you games.
1: Know? I've got a PC that's built like crazy.
0: <laughs> I, just, I just can't do it. <laughs> you see that little like subwoofer that's sitting right there, right next to Right next to it used to be PS5. And on December 31st, I, I took it and I put it in the closet. I'm like, I'm like, I'm putting it away. Um, I don't know how long that's going to last. So one of the things that I do with my goals is that I make them and I take the pressure off. It's just like a reverse psychology. A lot of people, I feel like they can't commit to things because they come in so hard. It's like if they're going to commit to something, there's never going back. And for me, it's like a little cheat with myself, but most of the time I never cheat, but it's a little thing that I do with my brain where I'm just like, I'm gonna put this away. If I bring it back out, sue me, I don't care. But like, I'm just gonna put this away and I'm gonna focus on what I want to focus on because it wasn't necessarily taking time away from my work, but it was taking time away from my family. It's like, I'm a I'm a huge FIFA nut. I spend like about $1,800 to two grand a year on like the FIFA ultimate team. I'm absolutely (laughs) bonkers when it comes to that, (laughs) you know, I'm crazy, bro. I'm like division one. I'm like, in, dude, I'm like, I'm like a really hardcore FIFA guy. And so is my family. So I'm just like, dude, that thing got to go for a little bit. I just need to kind of set some things straight. And like I said, if in March or April or June or something, like I just bring it back out, whatever. But This is how we're going to start. So I put it away and I made, I made a, I mentioned it in my, in my last live and so many people commented and said, Hey, can I buy that PS5 from you?
1: (laughs) I'm sure there's other PS5s they could buy.
0: I think it's still like, I think it's still sold out or something, bro. Like it's crazy. Uh, there you go. It's insane, but you're a yeah. PC guy. You're a PC guy, so you don't care. <laughs> Wait, do you do you edit on a PC or a Mac? So I have a Mac, I, I did the PC thing and I just personally feel like Resolve is more yeah. optimized for Mac than PC. So So that's just my like experience technical side, all of that kicking in because there are companies I worked at where they had PCs and we just had so many issues. This doesn't line up with that. And the the beautiful thing about Mac ecosystem is that everything is very closed. So it's like, it's not so much of just like, oh, this specific random graphic card driver is not syncing with this version of Resolve, but it won't ever tell you that. So then you have to like go back you know, a couple of uh, versions, and then all of a sudden Resolve is working again. So there was a lot of that, like when I first started, I had a Hackintosh because I just didn't have a lot of money when I first moved to California. So it's like, you know, fresh out of college, no money. So I wanted a solid machine. So I built a Hackintosh and loaded it up. And it had some great days, but it had a lot of like terrible days where it's like the clients are waiting because I'm troubleshooting and things like that. And then later I just realized that there was a reason why Macs cost so much, I mean, but you can't put a price on reliability, even if it's a little bit slower. So when you do one-to-one like exports, PC is still faster. But when you talk about like all day, everyday workhorse, um, when I'm in on a Mac, like, and I'm grading something, I can just be 500% sure this thing is not going to crash. Even if it crashes, I just double click, it opens back up and I'm just back at it and I'm working. So I've been I've been, like, majority of it, like, you know, once I was introduced to Macs in college, after that, I've just always been pretty much Mac. I've messed with PCs, i built a gaming PC, played, like, Firewatch, Tomb Raider, uh, Definitive Edition, and played some games and, like, had a lot of, like, fun playing games on a PC, and it's, like, a monster. Uh, But then I just kind of got over it, got rid of it, and I'm like, I'm going (laughs) back. Smart idea.
1: PCs are a pain in the
0: ass. (laughs) That's all I'm saying, right? I mean, it's like with, and now that they're getting into the display game, you know, so like with the XDR, Apple XDR, that is absolutely incredible because it's so genius. Majority of your content people are gonna be watching. I don't know about your clientele, but what 90 plus percent of my clientele is watching stuff on MacBook Pros or iPads. So with that, like having an XDR display and I keep it in the front and center. So I'm grading on my actual reference monitor, but then I'm doing like a final check. Like, is it also looking good on this screen? Because this is basically a giant iPad or MacBook Pro. So if it looks good here, it's gonna look good on the MacBook Pro and iPads and like no stress, I'm good there. Um, Whereas like, that's not the case with a lot of people that are working on PC. Majority of the questions that we get in our FCM group, that is all, from like people that are on PC and they're just going like, hey dude, this looks completely weird. And it doesn't look the same, like what's really going on? What do we need to do? And it's just that thing, like you wanna keep taking out the variables that like makes you lose that client. And that's what I mean. Like, you know, even then it's like, everything is justifiable. Like, yes, this machine was like 20 grand, 22 grand, something like that, My my Mac, like my Mac Pro, but I've had it since 2018 or something. I can still keep it to like 2024, 2025 if I want to. It still feels like brand new. Like I just opened it up. Like it just runs so fast. And it's working for me. So it's like it paid for itself in the first couple of months. You know, so it's like now I'm just using it and that's, it works. Like it's That's that's a lot of money. That that is a lot of money. And it's like I've always been the guy, like since the beginning, like even when I had no money, I would I've made the same mistakes that everybody makes, right? Like we need it, we need that lens, like we need that like gear, but there were things that I stumbled upon through work. When I had a full-time job, I had them, we had a CapEx and I had them buy me a panel for Resolve. And at the time I could not even fathom, like thinking about dropping two, three, four grand to get a panel. And it wasn't a Resolve panel. It was a Avid panel. It was called Avid Color or something. It was an Avid panel. We got it and I used it with Resolve and my brain was just exploded. I'm like, what just happened? How can you color? Or otherwise. This changes everything. And then that kind of taught me the power of the right tool for the right job. And then I started taking it seriously where I'm just like, let's just not be stupid with like, I need it. I want to buy like some gear and I just tell my wife I need it, but more like, let's just get things that are actually going to give you a leg up on people. So like, I mean, I mentioned last week, like I saw, I saw my I had a Canon C500 Mark II. So, you know, that's a $16,000 camera. And it's a perfect workhorse if you're on the field, running and gunning and doing all sorts of things. It's for that. It's not for a control environment shooting YouTube videos. And that's what majority of the times I'm doing. So I'm like, dude, I'm a colorist. I can take a $2,400 camera and make it look like $16,000 like, you know, camera. So I'm like, let's try it. And then I grabbed my wife's A7 III. I shot a video. I graded it, I put it up. People loved it, I loved it. And I'm like, done, sold. I sold my camera and I just bought an A7IV. And then I saw your videos, like I gotta gotta give it to you. After watching your videos, I watched all your videos on A7IV and then I learned about how to turn on- That's the A7IV. What is that? Dude, (laughs) the rig is sick. And then one of the things that I messed with, like I was struggling with is like the overheating issue. And then I went on a research and your video popped up and I watched your video, how to turn off like, or, or whatever that option is that like basically extends it. And it doesn't like then overheats. And then as soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, my God, this camera is the best. Jason is the best.
1: I'm like, this is <laughs> that is awesome. So never you haven't had any overheating issues since.
0: So I never had. Any overheating issues with A7IV, I still, I did the same technique that you showed with my A7III, which is my webcam right here. That one still goes out sometimes. So I don't know what it is, but it it's, it will run for like hour and 30 minutes because it's like hardwired, right? So it will go for like hour and 30 minutes and then it chokes and it shuts down.
1: Yeah, like I think it's cause it's still. got the older processor in it. So it probably just can't keep up internally.
0: No, that's what it is. So like, I mean, it's, but with the A7 four, bro, that was magic. So that is amazing. It works. We're gonna start wrapping it up, but I do want to ask you a few more questions. And then I want to take a few questions too. But one of the things I want to ask is like, what editor are you using right now? Are you on Premiere Pro? Did are you really, really you gonna do this <laughs> Premiere
1: Pro! Ah, uh, Premiere Pro. <laughs>
0: no so so like dude this this conversation is open conversation because i want other people to hear it because i i don't want people to shit on premiere pro i still feel like all the plugins and all the transitions and things that you get for premiere pro and, and templates like shits on davinci resolve i don't think davinci resolve is there when it comes to that so as an editor Premiere Pro then kind of beats DaVinci also. You tell me why are you using Premiere uh, yeah. Pro just because So you're comfortable I started off with, with
1: Final Cut when I first started uh, YouTube and then I learned that film school they were using Final uh, sorry Premiere Pro with the editing so I just started learning Premiere Pro. So This is when I first started and uh it's stuck since So throughout all of uh university and then last few years it's just been premiere pro but we learnt uh coloring in davinci but our course teachers like look we know a lot of people use uh premiere pro for the editing side so he's like uh, you can edit in premiere pro and color in davinci last it's up to you because your your uh your grades are graded on um you know the color grading and I loved the node system. I loved how it worked. I just could not sp- sort of speed up my workflow when it came to the editing side. So I was like, I can't switch yet, but I, I might. But then, yeah, I'm like an old dog. You can't teach me new tricks. Come on, Kazi.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. I'm not... So let's talk about your go-to camera. Obviously you picked it up and you showed me. So you picked Sony. Have you ever? Let me ask you. And I think your latest latest video is about Canon, where it says don't do this or don't get this camera or something. But let me ask you this: Have you ever used Canon products or other cameras? Why do you keep coming back to the camera that you have? What yeah. Um,
1: so I started with Nikon because, uh, or Nikon. Nikon depends on how you
0: say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because they Whatever, were really yeah. good
1: for photography and it was a dslr dslrs were in back in the day mirrorless cameras weren't really a thing um when i first started um but yeah sony just pretty much has that versatility of all the lenses and so many different bodies so i always go back to i always go to the G7 4 because it's just it's small it's light it's compact it's got everything but when it comes to like the commercial sense i've got the the FX6 that I usually use—that's oh, yeah, my—that's yeah, yeah. my workhorse. Love it, I, I love that camera, even though the image quality is pretty much the same as you know these smaller mirrorless cameras. Okay. But uh, I've used um, the Canon R5C. I, I filmed a a small documentary with that one, and I loved it. It was phenomenal. I, I annoyingly filmed 8K for light with that, and that was a, a hell to edit. <laughs> But um yeah, I, I just haven't really felt a need to sort of go to any other brands because Sony does offer pretty much anything you need in terms of the low end, the mid tier, or even the high end as well. But yeah, that's that's I I always wondered, you know, what colouring would be like with the red cameras and stuff, but that's uh, that's your field when it comes to coloring. I don't really know too much of the differences when it comes to the high-end stuff. Like, does it actually really matter at the end of the day?
0: It, it does. It, it 100% matters because, like, I, I just finished doing a video on Fujifilm X-T4. I'm going to upload it tomorrow. I've got to edit it tonight. Um, but even if you watch any of my videos on pro colorist grades series, right, and I covered GH6 and I've covered Sony FX30, and it's like you, the the real difference you're going to get to see, like once you start creating tone mapping, right? Once you start creating like your own custom curve and you try to like get like those super hard contrasts and still keep information. And that's where you really get to see the potential of like each camera's color science and the cheaper camera's like start pooping right like that's where they're like even if sony says 15 stops of dynamic range for their alpha series it's really when it comes to usable it's like 12.1 12.2 you know whereas like uh, ari like alexa is one of those like that kind of underplay like their hand and they say like 14 stops of dynamic range but really it's like 15 15 15.4 you know that like it just like really opens up um, and you will notice it on the top end, you know? So like, that's why, like why Deacons every film is shot on Alexa. Well, go on shotdeck.com, pull up all his recent work, starting with like, say, Sicario. And just look at like the full bright, like scenes at noon and look at those scenes. And like, you'll see like a gentle, like roll off on the top that you're like, how, how did that happen? Well, if you shoot the same thing with three different cameras which you and i should actually do that sort of test like we can we should literally do like an iphone through filmic pro and then like fx6 shooting like you know a daylight scene or something and let's just bring it in and let's create a similar curve and everything look and then show people what we're talking about whereas like on one you know the highlights will feel blown out even if they're kosher even if when you look at the scopes and everything is in whereas the other camera is just gonna show like how you're exposed right now where it's perfect. Like nothing is blown out. Everything is looking perfect. So it's like you start picking up on those nuances. They're so small, you can't really put a finger on it. And then the major things are gonna be when you're using RGB lighting, like Sony will absolutely choke. Like if you throw crazy, like harsh, like hundred percent saturation on like the blue light and purple light, when you throw those at it, it's just gonna like boom chokes. Whereas red, and uh, Alexa, oh my God, they like, they want the challenge. They want those things. And you can throw mixed lights and things like that and they just handle it. Um, or like the higher bit rate they shoot at makes it so simple to just like qualify something and then like create a little blur or denoise and then do whatever the hell you want with it and just keep moving forward. Whereas with like older cameras or or not even older, but cheaper cameras that won't even be an option. Like I'll have a different strategy. I'll be like, hey, somebody shot something on, Sony a7 III, then I know that I'm not gonna be using qualifiers. I know I'm not gonna be using these certain tools. My strategy is gonna be completely different. So there's a lot of that. Um, red is one of my favorite cameras to grade because I feel like it's just so clean. I feel like Alexa, they purposely inject some green into it. So like the green channel is a little bit higher. I don't know if you ever noticed that, like if you've ever seen like Alexa's log footage and you do a Rec 709 it pumps a little bit of green in there. And that's because they're genuinely trying to mimic like a film scan. And film scan always had that little bias green. And then that's what makes it look like film, that cinematic look. Uh, Whereas it's kind of annoying because you always have to kind of reverse that. You have to like go in into your tint and like add a little bit of magenta to pull out that green. Whereas when you're working with red, it's just a very pristine, clean image nine conversion, you're pretty much done. Like it's a very strong, like beautiful, like keeps everything up top, keeps everything at the bottom, super, super clean sensor. Um, so I feel like those cameras have their strengths, but what you're saying about Sony, right? Like I feel like Sony has found the perfect spot, like light as hell. So like, it's so compact, it's crazy. It is the truest hybrid camera. The photos are phenomenal. Um, The video is amazing. You can do 60p and 4K, looks great. The five stops of uh, image stabilization is next to none, right, like is amazing. And then on top of it, even their app, like where I'm taking pictures, pop, pop, pop. Like I have a photography channel, like where I post a lot of watch photos and it's like pop, 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 you take pictures, set, hit one button, it shows up on iPhone, full res take it in Lightroom grade it whatever and it's like those are the things that I feel like Sony really understands like the social media world and they created something that's perfect for that run and done so I feel like they're Absolutely. dominating that market yeah. right
1: now I do agree with the whole Ari Alexa we use those uh, at university and uh, amazing amazing cameras because the dynamic range as well is just ridiculous compared to these cameras
0: that's what I'm saying they're just so clean it's like you can just shoot under regular lights and go in and do so much push and pull, like go under your offset and completely change the white balance and grab the skins. And there's just so much that you can do. But then when you shoot under controlled lighting, it's a completely different thing. You know, like it turns into a beast. And those are the things like, so so you'll see like pretty big difference with those cameras. But again, going back to like what Sony's latest color science is compared to like say the A7II, Uh, like the older generation, the color science, the S-Log was garbage. Now, when you talk about Sony CineLine, the F55 or F5, I believe, or F55, those were epic. I remember back in 2014, 2015, I worked on a Toyota campaign and they shot stuff with F55, their CineLine, and the footage came in and I'm grading it and I'm like, yo, what is this? At first, first I was crying. I'm like, this is Sony, Sony sucks, blah, blah, blah. It was S-Log. And then I bring it in and I drop a freaking Rec Nine like conversion and then start grading. And I'm like, holy hell, it just feels like you guys have like insane polarizer on your lens and you're just like bringing the freaking top. And they were like, no, we didn't use any polas. Like, I mean, this was like just straight up. Like, you know, we're just shooting, shooting it like through the regular lens. And I'm like, oh my God, it blew my mind. I had a blast grading that piece. And it's one of those pieces, like older pieces that I'm so proud of but 90% of my old work, nobody gets to see because I'm like, it was just garbage. I was figuring out Resolve, you know? Even like my paid gigs, I was just getting better, <laughs> learning more, you know? it's, it's like, think about, think about all the old music videos, right? Like when you go look at the music videos from the 2000s, they look like trash because it's like we're just stepping into the digital age, we're shooting everything on like uh, Panasonic DVX-100, right? With those cameras and they're bringing it in and like color grading is so new and like, they're just like, yes, make it blue, make it green, you know? And they're doing these wash, like these tints, Oh you know? God.
1: Actually, have you noticed with the a 7 it does have that green tint in it as well?
0: A7-4 absolutely does. I do agree. So you know what I did? What I did is like, I just went in and I created a custom uh, white balance and I went in and I countered that. So I just have a little bit of magenta blue added to it. It's just a, a tiny bit. So then when I bring it in Resolve, and I just apply my same grade. So basically I have a grade for a talking head because the lighting never changes, right? So like I use these NAN lights and they're all like battery or um, operated through an app. So like all the lights with the intensity and everything is all the set. So I just hit one button, it just lights the same exact way. And then my camera settings are all locked in to the same thing too. So like when I'm shooting it, I bring it in, I hit one button, it's like a 30 30 node node tree, but it always just like gives me the same exact look every single time. So like, yeah, I I subtracted that, but I did notice like Sony still is mimicking a little bit of like that Alexa juice, but before they were doing it without having the flexibility in their color science and in their actual LUT to, to give us the flexibility to pull the skin tones. And that's why everybody felt like they were, they had like sickly skin tones. But finally, now they figure it out. I mean, if you saw like my video that I did with your footage with FX30, like if you remember, with the, before even balancing anything, you told me you shot it at 5600. I just went in and I did the CST conversion. And when I grabbed the, the eye picker and I went and like hover over her skin, it was like right on the money. So that is, insane you know for sony to come such a long way like where skin tones can be just boom like they're on the money like now you go create your yeah. book you yeah know? that was so that's awesome video. that video took
1: off for you that was great
0: that that video took off that video did really really well and that's what i mean right like so i mean it's like that was one of those things that fx 30 was such a hype it was like so brand new had just dropped and one of those things that i Try to run away from like try to not do like be on their bandwagon but then when i do do it i see the benefit of it and i'm like i need to do more of it and stop being such a grandpa (laughs) don't worry
1: hopefully i'll get some more new cameras this year and i'll flick you some footage
0: (laughs) always always love your work man and you're always shooting the coolest stuff too because it's like i like to create extreme looks and like i feel like any time when you shoot something with athletes it asks for it right Like it asks for like that push, like urban look and like you can just go places with it. All right, so somebody asked like, how do you overcome? I think they're just talking about like, when you're getting into shooting, like how do you overcome like the imposter syndrome? And I feel like that's, the question kind of makes sense because if you just feel like anybody and everybody is doing it, then what makes you different? So like, how do you go about it? That's tough because you'll,
1: you'll always feel like imposter syndrome because, you know, people have been making films for, 100 years, so you'll never really have anything that's completely original. But I feel like the biggest thing with my work when it comes to YouTube is that a lot of people will do a review of a camera and sit in their office and then go film their friend, whereas I'll set up a, a Muay Thai fighter, I'll set up a, uh, a boxing sort of thing. So I'll actually create a full scenario where I'll actually use that camera in a professional sense, and that's how I'll use it. And that's kind of my point of difference compared to some of the other, the other YouTubers that do very similar things. So,
0: And dude, I love like, even like your style about reviewing the cameras. I feel like it's very practical. And I think that's one of the things that everybody that's listening to that. I keep saying that, right? Like there's so many people that are just like looking for the next thing, right? Like, I mean, like, there are people that would take my class and they're like, now we want to go a little bit deeper and learn more technical stuff. And it's like, do you wanna become a technician or do you wanna become a practitioner? There's, there's a difference between the two. Do you wanna walk the walk or do you wanna talk the talk? Like they're very different things. Like, I mean, you could become like a PhD in color science and never have ever touched the wheels or you could be a guy who's always in there like working and getting better. And uh, you can't put a price on experience, you know, the things that we learn along the way um, from our failures. Right? So like I always tell people, and then there are people that have taken my master class and took off. Now they're working on massive gigs, you know, because they just needed the affirmation. They needed the permission. They needed like to make sense of like the two things. And then they knew how to connect the dots because they they put it to practice, you know? So like I always say like, you know, hey, like don't get lost on this like YouTube world and like learn so much. There are so many channels like where I would go and watch a video on like A74 without saying any names. And like these guys, everybody praises them, but they're so freaking technical that I'm listening to it. And I'm like, yes, I went to film school for cinematography. I understand your jargon. I understand it, but useless, 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 maybe useful, but like everything else is like, what are you fucking talking about? Like, it's like, it's just whatever. You're just like kind of stroking your own self, like talking about, I know all this, you know, good for you. How much of it is actually practical because I can go online and read the fine print. You don't have to read it to me, you know? And then like, I watch your videos and it's like, you're putting your camera in situations and you're talking about it. And it's like, you know, you're you're explaining things in a way that I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. Like, or even like the small example of just like with the A7 IV, like I'm, I'm like, I'm having this issue and I go in and you show it and you show it in location, like on location, on set, like this could happen and you can fix it this way. That's what we're looking for. And I always tell people that guys, whether you're creating content, you got to give people you got to create content where it has actionable plan, like whatever you want to talk about. You want to give people something that they can just take today. Like if I'm listening to you, there's so many things you said today that were inspiring that I'm just like, okay, like I can use this. I can take this like I can try that. And like that would be kind of cool. You know, one of the things that I feel like I can take from you is like closing your shop at 4 p.m. Uh, I don't do that. Like, I think the biggest blessing of, like, our business is, like, what you said. Like, we're we're our own boss. We create our own schedule. But the ultimate curse for me is that I'm not as disciplined as you. So, I'm not working 9 to 4. What I'm doing is, like, I'm spreading it throughout the day. So, I might be finishing my last task at, like, 10.30 p.m. You know? So, then it's kind of just, like, it spreads it out, right? Because I like to go with the – like, I like to just go, like – when it takes me, like when I'm pumped, like I'm just like, I'm at the gym, I'm working out, I got inspired and I'm like, oh shit, that would be cool to like shoot a talking head about this. Okay, let's go home, shower, shoot this right now. I'm pumped, you know, like let's do this right now, not tomorrow. And if I leave it to tomorrow, (laughs) it will never get done.
1: I'm just thinking 10 p.m. I'm in my REM cycle of sleep right now.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, bro. Bro, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up, but I just want to ask one last question from you. Give an advice to beginner filmmakers. Like, you know, when you look back, you know, 10 years ago, old you, what would you have said to yourself? And let's just share that advice with someone.
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, the, the, the best advice in the... The the most consistent advice that I give everyone is literally just pick up the camera and start shooting. Make mistakes and then obviously learn from those mistakes. But I kind of did that from the start. I just picked up the camera, started YouTube, and I was like, I'll figure out this video thing. I'm a photographer, but I'll figure out this video thing. And, uh, yeah, that's probably a good thing that i did is that i just was like you know stuff it i'm gonna start learning video and that's what i did and you can never learn too much that's probably the big thing that's why i went to to university because i was like you know there are other people that are way more experienced than me that know their shit, and i'm gonna learn off them and that's good but you know you don't have to take every single piece of information off them because it may not shoot your style may not shoot your situation but the more you learn the more you're going to apply it in your situation and obviously better yourself as well so to shoot and create definitely and learn
0: i'm going to add one more thing to it which is you if, if when it comes to go out there and shoot you have to look no further and follow jason on youtube because the stuff that he's putting out is going to help you exactly with that and i'm being serious like if you're going to go out and just shoot because some people they're yeah, they're hesitant because they were like, we don't even know what to look for or what to do. Your channel has so much of that and then some. So let's end this with telling people. Uh, can follow me know.
1: on this Instagram, Jason Morris Photo Cinema or Jason Morris Photo Cinema on YouTube as well. So I'm the, the Sony camera guy, the Sony fanboy.
0: <laughs> there you go brother hey man thank you so thank- much for jumping on bro this was amazing <laughs> sorry that i killed your morning routine instead of working out it's all floppy yeah yeah i can i can tell you know, uh, thanks dude? for invite, <laughs> man
1: it's been yeah. awesome i love it <laughs> awesome see you later
0: thank you brother <laughs> peace i want to take a second and thank all of you there were still so many questions but i just wanted to respect his time and uh, let him go, but you know, this was awesome. We might do another one because Jason and I have been collaborating. So there's gonna be a lot more opportunities. As always, these lives are for you guys. And I wanna make sure that I respect your time and give you guys something that you guys can use and apply it right away. And especially in this case, I don't wanna take credit from Jason. He shared so many insights and uh, hopefully there's tons of content for you guys to, to take and apply Um, and blow up. And guys, thank you so much for sticking around till the end. Please leave a five-star review and make sure you're following this channel. I will see you in the next episode.